here and be held accountable for being a narcissistic, gaslighting dickhead. And then he opened his mouth and I was like, no. And you know, at that time I didn't know he was feeding me lies. I guess I am very heavily compared to my sister. In the middle of the year, I went on Love Island. I don't know, you, you just break your own heart expecting everyone to be you. Hi guys, welcome to Back to the Beginning, a podcast by Beginning Boutique where we hit rewind on the lives of all your fave influencers, models, social media gurus and more. So pop on your headphones, turn up the volume because this is your exclusive access to the advice, life lessons and never before heard learnings from our guests. She made her reality TV debut on Maths to defend her big sister against the show's ultimate villain before making her way to the Love Island villa to couple up with somewhat of another TV villain of her own. She's given us some iconic one-liners and some hilarious on-screen moments. Please welcome to the podcast the gorgeous Love Island season five contestant, Kira. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Is this your first podcast that you've done since you've come out of the villa? It is. It is my first podcast. Excited. So excited to be here. I want to dive right in. On this podcast, of course, we go right back to the beginning. But before we can get to the start of your Love Island journey, I feel like we need to get the backstory of your first reality TV appearance, which, of course, was your brilliant supporting role that you aced alongside your sister Bronte on Maths. How did Bronte tell you that she was going to be on a TV show where she was getting married to a stranger? It was pretty much a match massive with the ambush but it was yeah a massive obviously it had to be kept secret so when we did find out we found out all the family and it was literally the shock of the century like obviously we've seen seasons in the past so it's kind of just like and you kind of make fun of it you're kind of like oh my god like who would do that and then when your own sister walks in she's like i'm getting married i was like what i literally like i honestly i'm never speechless i talk for days but I honestly just sat there with my drawn but like obviously me and my sister support each other with everything that we do so I did come around but I think I was the one in the family that was probably the most like what the fuck are you doing but no I did come around to it and I thought you know exciting it's an opportunity why not like it's not working <laughs> in the real world you just never know and sometimes you do just have to take a chance on love and you know, I was, I was supportive, but I was very shocked. <laughs> had you guys been, like, big reality TV lovers before that? And, like, had being on a dating show been something that you'd ever spoken about together? Um, We've watched, like, I guess seasons or, like, bits and bobs of different reality shows here and there. But I guess we're, we, we're not, like, big buffs. Like, we're not going to sit down and, like, stream a whole season or what we haven't in the past. Um, and I guess it's something that you kind of just joke about. Like, I guess you'll sit there and watch it and you're like, oh, imagine if I did that or like, oh my God, what would you do if I went on that? Yeah, but no, it was never really anything that both of us sat back and was like, okay, I definitely want to go and do that. Like, I definitely want to be on that show. It's kind of just like opportunity knocked and we were just like, oh, why not? And so when the day arrived that your sister was getting married to a stranger, what were your initial thoughts when you saw Harrison down the end of that aisle? Um, like when he initially turned around and before he opened his mouth, I was like, huh, he's cute. And like, I, I was like, okay, he could be Bronte's type. He's tall. He's well-groomed. He looks nice. He's got a nice smile. I was like, okay, fantastic. And then he opened his mouth and I was like, 
no. And like, I'm the type of person who kind of like makes up my mind pretty quick. But I guess the facade, it, I mean, obviously it didn't last even more than a couple of hours because on the wedding night, the speculation took over that Harrison was still in a relationship or had just gotten out of one. How did that sort of come to light while you guys were filming? Um, so basically it came to light due to one of Bronte's, I guess, wedding guests. So her name was Jessica. So she knew about Harrison and she knew about um, Abby, I guess, before or even the wedding began, like a few like weeks or days beforehand. So she had ample of time to tell Bronte, but it, yeah, unfortunately she pulled Bronte aside and it just like blew up. And that wasn't the only blow up that Bronte and Harrison had. Obviously they had a very tumultuous relationship to say the least. So what made you see your sister Bronte on that show have not the best time and think, you know what I'm going to do? Go on a reality TV show. <laughs> yeah, look, it was definitely a ballsy move on behalf, granted what my sister's been through, but I feel like I'm like my own person. So it's like, I'm, I guess I am very heavily compared to my sister, very heavily compared to the decisions she makes in her life and the decisions she makes in her life are hers and the decisions I make are mine. Um, so I guess when... It got presented to me, I don't know, I guess like my my logic and reasoning which is that they were two very different shows, two very different concepts. Like I'm not going on there getting married to a stranger. Like I'm going in there, there's multiple different people. If I don't like one, I can move on to another. Like nothing's like set in stone. Like I don't have to just be with that one person. And it's like if I don't find love, you know, you're going in there and you can find new friends, you can put yourself on a new journey, you can you grow as a person. I think just all those things really like weighed up on making my decision to go on to Love Island. Like just because B had a bad experience didn't necessarily mean that I was going to. I mean, unfortunately I did, but but you just never know. You do have to take a chance on these things. And so let's talk about obviously your Love Island journey now. Did you apply for the show? Yeah, so I like half applied. So I like went like did all the application did probably about five minutes of the application and then I was like okay maybe not and then I just left it didn't think about it and then I get a call from one of the producers being like oh we've seen your half written application we'd love for you to finish it because we'd really love to for you to come in for an interview kind of thing like we're interested in you and I was like oh I was like okay like it can't hurt so I finished it off and then like literally a few hours later they were like oh my god we love you like we're gonna get you we're going to come to Perth, get into interviews. So I guess I, I would say I applied. <laughs> I think that, like, there's obviously no secret the producers sometimes contact people via Instagram DMs and stuff, but the executive producer of Love Island, Alex Mavridakis, was t- telling the story about how you applied and the producers obviously instantly were like, that's Bronte's sister. Bronte was amazing on TV. Like, Kira's definitely going to be amazing on TV. And then Abby also organically applied. So then when she walked in on her own accord um, in Sydney, they were like, perfect, that's Harrison's ex. And then yeah. Mavrodaxis was saying that 
they had been chasing Reed for years because he hits all like the Love Island requirements, tall male model. And this year, just before filming started, Reed finally applied to a DM and he went to audition at one of the producers' house. And during that audition, he just like let it slip that he had seen Bronte before and they were like, this trio is going to make amazing TV. Unfortunately, not the best outcome for you, but you can imagine it's just Christmas for them, you know? Look, it was... We definitely speculated on that's what happened with Reed because we we thought it was just far too convenient of a storyline for Reed to walk in. Like, I don't know, just out of everyone in Perth, like it just happens to be the first, one of the first bombshells just happens to be someone who's unfortunately been with my sister. And like, and I wasn't having a great time in there and it was, I was like, oh my god I can't wait for a bomb blah 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 and he walks in and I was like oh so I just you know producers are very sneaky 100 <laughs> they can be and I want to talk about Reed in a second but first I want to talk about you first going into the villa on that first day when you arrived how were you feeling what was sort of the emotions that go through your head I was so nervous honestly walking in all I was saying to myself was don't fall over that's all that was going on in my head because you're in six-inch heels and you're walking on, like, gravel and you're already super nervous and you're trying to, like, look up and, like, be friendly and say hello to the girls. But, oh, my God, all that was going... Like, my legs were already jelly because of how nervous I was. All I was just being, like, left, right, left, right, keep going. But I was literally a ball of nerves. But I guess once I walked in there and I met the girls and like they were really friendly, I guess it was just like a moment of relief. You immediately coupled up with Ollie. What was that kind of like in the first couple of days being in a couple with him? Uh, Awkward, very, very awkward. Ollie, see Ollie and I were like chalk and cheese. Like we were two extremely different people. Um, and initially the only reason I coupled up with Ollie is literally because he had the most tattoos in the house, (laughs) which is wild to to pick someone based on their tattoos, but (laughs) here we are. Um, yeah, Ollie and I's first, you know, few days were just extremely awkward. Like we barely spoke. And when we did speak, I would like lead a lot of the conversation, which I really don't like. Like when I'm, you know, with someone and when I'm with a guy, like I like them to lead the conversation. But I guess obviously he didn't because there was no romantic feelings or I don't know, maybe he's just a really awkward to with shit chat. But like, yeah, it just was not my cup of tea. Like I just didn't like being around him. Like I didn't I didn't want to go and have conversations with him. Like, if anything, I was kind of like, I'd like avoid him. Mm. I mean, he's a good egg, but like, yeah, it just wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. Unfortunately. Is there someone that you wish that in those first couple of days you had gotten to know like a bit more from the get-go? Yeah, definitely. That would be Nate, for sure. I obviously, when I was picking, I had my choice for the two single ones up there were Ollie and Nate and I definitely did regret not picking Nate um I think even if we were you know just a friendship I think we would have been so much more compatible as a couple um so I guess yeah regrets do lie there not getting to know him because me and Nate literally didn't speak for the first few days being in the villa like we'd walk past and he'd do the whole like head nod and be like hey how you going like really like 
small talk. But yeah, I definitely regret um, not getting to know him a little bit more, but I guess as the season went on, me and Nate became like best friends. In the first recoupling, you had the power, I guess, to dump someone from the villa um, and you were sort of left between Ollie and Reed. How did it feel to have that power knowing that you pretty much got to decide who went home? I was mortified, honestly. Like I had already had like a really emotional time in there already, which, you know, I was crying almost every day, every day in the villa, which obviously you weren't seeing. So yeah, it, it, it wasn't nice whatsoever. Like it's obviously a very powerful position to be in, but like it's an emotional one as well. And so you get that text Reed and Ollie know either one of them are going home and Reed basically immediately comes up to you and starts to spin his little story, tell his little tale. Was there ever a doubt in your mind thinking this might not be genuine? This seems too convenient. This has come at too convenient of a time. Oh, 100%. So what you didn't see is actually before Reed pulled me for a chat is me and Reed were walking up the stairs and he was like, oh, can I pull you? And I was like, well, yeah, but this is obviously extremely convenient. Like, I obviously know why you're pulling me. We haven't had a chat this entire time. Like, you and I have been, like, avoiding each other like the plague. And now it's a recoupling and your time in the villa is at risk of going. And now you want to have a chat to me and get to know me. Like, I knew that it was super convenient. Like, I knew that, but, like... Being the trusting person that I am, I obviously wanted to sit there and hear him out and have a conversation with him. I wasn't just going to be like, bar him and be like, nah, fuck off, I don't want to talk to you. Because I knew him from the outside and what I knew of him was that he was a decent person. They do say, like, sometimes you only like someone because you don't know enough about them and that was definitely (laughs) me with Reed. But I guess originally when you had that conversation with Reed, you said that you were drawing the line with him because of the history with your sister. And then it seemed like you neglected all anchoring bias when it was time to recouple and like the, your logic when you got to that fire pit. But I guess, was it because you truly saw nothing with Ollie and it was better to stay in with Reed and try something there than just couple up on a friendship basis again? No, 100%. Like obviously, my choices, two choices weren't great. Like it was either I'm picking dumb or dumber. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, like I'm either gonna continue in a in a friendship couple, or I'm gonna try it with someone who's telling me they're interested in getting to know me. And you know, at that time, I didn't know he was feeding me lies. There was that moment when they screened it after that fire pit, where all of the boys went back into the bedroom, and they were all sort of laughing and kind of it was almost this inside joke between them that oh why would Reed be picking Kira like he's obviously only done it to stay in the villa which if you want to play the game I think that there's nothing wrong with that but at least be honest about it don't hide your gameplay behind fake intentions and lead someone on look if Reed had just come up to me and was like listen this isn't an experience that I've wanted to do for a while I feel like my journey's not over in here like, would you be open to just, like, coupling up with me as a friend? I think it would have been a very different story. Rather than sitting there and lying to my face, the fact that he's done that and, like, he's made me look like a mug, like, I'm never going to forgive you, to be honest. Like, unless his apology is as loud as his disrespect, I literally don't want to know him. 
obviously hindsight allows you to see what was happening in that bedroom. Were you disappointed in the other boys who were your friends in the villa and did have your back or so you thought to then see them laughing alongside with Reed? Did that kind of feel like a kick in the guts? Yeah, 100% it was a kick in the guts to watch that. Um, just for not even one guy to be like, bro, that like the fact that you've done that, like you've got no emotional awareness or like emotional maturity to like own up to your shit and take accountability for the fact that you've just lied to someone and are potentially going to ruin someone's time here. Like the fact that nobody stood up and was like, yeah, listen, bro, like I don't agree with what you're doing. It was really weak behaviour. And it was actually a really hard watch because like if the roles were reversed and I knew one of the girls was doing that, I 100% would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't know. You you just break your own heart expecting everyone to be you. Mm. Like, I feel like it lifted the veil on such a universal girl experience that you usually don't get to see. Maybe some of them aren't as genuine as they turn out to be because if they're laughing that Reed is playing a game, they're probably switched on enough to know that some of the others and they might be too. 100%. Honestly, like who you surround yourself with and like watching what the boys put up with and watching what the boys accepted or watching what the boys found funny was definitely a huge eye-opener to kind of be like, oh, so that's what you're really like. It's like you're one person to me and to my face, but you're a completely different person behind closed doors. Things have already gone a little bit pear-shaped. You're in this couple, he's lied to you, and then to make matters worse, what happens? He goes on a date, him and Zach go on a date, and Zach comes back and he says, she's great, her name's Abby, she's been on maths before. What was your initial, I like, what went through your head when you heard that? You know what, I actually think at this point I was numb obviously already had an emotional roller coaster of a journey so far so I was just like like what's another punch in the face like I just felt like such a bit of a monkey in a circus just like the laughing stock of everyone because like I was already like the joke of you know coupling up with someone who said with my sister and now it's like oh my god you've now got your sister's ex-husband on a ex-husband's girlfriend yeah god i don't even know the circle like it would have been super emotional for her too so it's like yes i was trying to process my own emotions but then i was kind of like trying to put myself in her shoes and it was just like this big like my head was just gonna pop off honestly after abby and i like introduced ourselves and we got chatting it was nothing there was no tension there was no animosity like there was no nastiness like We would have chats, we would get along, we were there for one another. Yeah, you did come across as incredibly empathetic. Like that is one thing that I think is undeniable about you is that you are so empathetic. You always seem to be caring about how other people in the villa were feeling. Watching all of the other bombs be chewed up and spat out by Reed after you've left, how has that been watching that? Honestly felt terrible. Like, I honestly, like, my heart just goes out to them because it's, like, you give up your your life to... Oh, not give up your life, but, like, you do, like, stop your life to go into the villa. So it's kind of just, like... It, and it's disappointing. Like, I, I don't know, I just feel disappointed. I just feel bad for them because it's just, like, they have done that. They have made the journey out there. They, I'm sure they would have been just as hopeful as what I was. And they, they are putting themselves out there in like a very like untraditional way. So it's kind of just like for them 
you know, to go in there and, you know, be chewed up and spat out within a few days. Tasia, before she was voted off, uh, when she was talking to Reed, she said talking to Reed felt like talking to an infant. Do you agree with that sentiment? Oh, 100%. Talking to him is like going to a brick wall. Like, honestly, I'd rather be slapped in the face with a wet fish. Like, I mean, disrespectfully, he is a wet mob. Like, he is the most boring fucking person I've ever had a conversation with. And I was like, are you fucking well? Like, is there anything going on upstairs? Like, if you don't want to be in this conversation, you can just get up and walk off. Like, I'm not going to be offended because, to be honest, I don't even want to be in this conversation. Do you think he's just there for a holiday? 100%. Reed was there to grow his social media following and to pursue an acting career. And honestly, after, after his... After all his acting in the villa, he deserves a fucking Golden Globe. <laughs> a good for you. Watching the show back, what has been the most su- surprising thing so far that you've seen? I think the most surprising thing is people you were close with in the villa doing snaky things behind your back. I'm not going to name names, but there was definitely people in the villa that I was close with that I've been watching being like, oh, that's what you were saying behind my back. Or that's what you were doing behind my back. That's really interesting. What are your predictions for the end of the season? I think it only has a few a few weeks left. Who do you think we're going to end up as our three finalists? I think, I definitely think Zach and Lucinda, um, Kale and Tyra. I absolutely love them together. Me too. Um, but I actually prefer... Kale and Tyra than I did Kale and Nakia. Even when I was watching Nakia's um, date compared to Kale and Tyra, I think I just like, I don't know, there was just more with Kale and Tyra. So like, I guess now that they're together, I'm like, oh, it just makes sense. And I think they just, I don't know, I think just emotionally and like mentally they suit a lot more. And I think maybe Nate and Georgia, although I personally don't see that working on the outside whatsoever i think nate's too emotionally mature for georgia like i've never met her and i think she's a sweetheart but she obviously is only 21 so she's super young and i think you know compared to nate's maturity and like just emotional awareness um which is where nate is in life i just don't see that working whatsoever i mean i hope they prove me wrong but yeah i don't see it going anywhere but i do potentially see them getting to top three um since coming out of the villa what has life been like for you have you gone back to work has anything changed um it's kind of just back to normal really i guess it's like you you know you do go out or you go to the gym or you you go out for dinner and people do i guess stare Mm. or like they'll come up to you or like you'll walk past and be like oh my god i think that was that Kira from Love Island or like they'll come up and be like oh hey like I watched you and that people are super nice super friendly um it is super funny though when you're out and you've got people staring at you because it's like are you staring at me because you you know me are you staring at me because you think I'm pretty are you staring at me because I've got something on my face like like, everything just goes through your mind are there people that you're like still kind of close with like are there certain people that you were in the villa with that you still talk to quite frequently um I wouldn't say speak to anyone like frequently but there is people that like I check in on or they check in on me there has been some very unsuspecting people reach out (laughs) like obviously there was people in the villa that I wasn't close with who reached out and then there's people who I was really close with in the villa who I haven't heard word from so 
that's very interesting. <laughs> now, Love Island Games obviously just aired, and the next season of Love Island in the UK is going to be a Love Island All-Stars version. If they brought something like that to Australia and you got the call up, is that something that you would be interested in? I don't know. I feel like if if it felt right and I was single, I think I would consider the opportunity. Like, I don't think I would jump at it. I just, I, I guess we'll just say never say never. Are you single at the moment? Have you found love since you've left the villa? I'm so single. Like, <laughs> and yeah, I feel like I'm, like, happy that way. I feel like I'm just in, like, my real healing girl era. Like, I, I just feel like, you know, I had a breakup at the beginning of the year and then in the middle of the year I went on Love Island and got absolutely, like, fucked on. So it's kind of like I just have so, so many emotions to process and I just feel like if I don't process them and I jump into a new relationship, I'm just going to project. Mm. So I think for now I just need to stay single and just focus on me, focus on, you know, work, focus on the gym um, and just focus on being happy um, and just loving myself. I love that for you. To end, you are like a woman of one-liners and I want to read you some of your one-liners and you have to rate them one through five uh, without knowing what's coming next. Does that make sense? Let's do it. Okay, so the first one is... This is why I don't put any of my trust in men. I don't even know why I'm here. I fucking hate men. I'm turning lesbian. No, dead ass. You know what? That's going as that's going as number one. Number one? Yeah, number one. That's funny. I'm, I honestly still back that to this day. <laughs> okay, the second one is your iconic line. She stole my problem, not my man. Oh, that was a good one. You know what? I feel like I'm going to put that as two. That was funny. Yeah, I think <laughs> that I need that on a t-shirt. I, I want to. Like, I'm definitely looking into it for sure. The amount of like comments and DMs I'm getting being like, please merch this, please put it on t-shirts. I'm like, oh my God. So maybe it's definitely like, it's definitely on there on my list of things that I want to do. <laughs> I love that. It would be so good. Okay, so we've got one and two. Now the third one is... I can't be emotionally manipulated, so please don't stand up there and try and tarnish my character. I, I still back that as a statement, but I think it did make me look like a bit of a mug, granted that, you know, how that situation played out. So I think that one's going to go at five. Okay, so we still have three and four left. Okay, the next one is... We're not going to sit happened? here and be held accountable for being a narcissistic, gaslighting dickhead. I feel like that has to go at three. I feel like that was like... <laughs> like the quote that everyone still says even to this day and then the last one medal. <laughs> which has to be at number four is i would rather date anyone else i would rather date shit on the floor <laughs> i'm happy with that at number four and i still back that statement to this day i'll probably back that till i die <laughs> i think that is i think that was like perfectly perfectly divided you did amazing at that <laughs> that is all i have for you today thank you so much for being on this episode of back to the beginning i loved watching you on love island i would love to see you on another reality show if the opportunity presents itself and yeah thank you so much for coming on oh 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Bass of the Beginning. If you would like to see more Love Island guests on this show, please leave a comment in the Spotify question box below and let me know which contestants you'd like us to get on. Thanks for listening and I'll speak to you next fortnight.